Mark your calendars! The ADCES 24 Annual Conference parades into New Orleans August 9-12, through 12, 2024. Registration opens March 26, but you can start planning your trip now. Get ready to seize opportunities to connect, learn, and optimize your diabetes care and education practice. Stay tuned for updates at ADCES24.org. Hello and welcome to ADCS podcast, The Huddle, Conversations with Diabetes Care Team. In each episode, we speak with guests from across the diabetes care space to bring you perspectives, issues, and updates to elevate your role, inform your practice, and ignite your passion. I'm Sasha Yulman, the Director of Diabetes Education and Prevention Programs at the Association of Diabetes Care and Education Specialists. Every five years, ADCS teams up with the ADA, an array of volunteer experts and stakeholders to update the national standards for diabetes self-management education and support, which provides guidance for all members of the care team in addition to accredited and recognized DSMES services. The latest version of the standards have just been published and they come with some major changes that aim to reduce administrative burden in the hopes of increasing access to these critical services. Joining us today is Julie Valdez, She's an ambulatory care pharmacist and certified diabetes care and education specialist from New Jersey. Julie worked with our team as we were developing interpretive guidance to go with the national standards, and she runs an accredited DSMES service in her practice setting. She'll share the highlights of some of the most recent updates and what these changes mean for accredited and recognized DSMES programs and those who may have put off applying because it seemed like too much work. Welcome, Julie. Thank you. Happy to be here. So tell us a little bit more about your DAP accredited program, a little bit about where you work in your team and kind of who you serve. Sure. I, uh, I work for a federally qualified health center called Zufall Health. We have nine clinic locations across all of New Jersey. We serve over 40,000 patients. Most of our patients are Spanish speaking, but over 60% have a language other than English and over 80% are either 200% or less of the federal poverty level. So we really are serving uh, an underprivileged cohort of patients. Our DSMES program is at each of our nine locations. We have three primary members, a registered dietitian, another pharmacist, and myself. Uh, Most of what we do right now is telehealth because of the current situation. But normally we have uh, floating days where we have uh, diabetes clinic at our various locations on specific days so that the providers that we work with know what days to refer those patients to us. Great. That sounds like a really wonderful program serving a lot of need. So that is great to hear. So tell me a little bit more. What's one thing you think is most misunderstood when it comes to meeting the standards for accreditation? Um, I think it seems really daunting, you know, paperwork, what standards would I have to meet, things like that. It might be a barrier to some of those programs that don't really have a team built around them like I do. You know, I do have two other educators helping me. I also have a director of nursing and a chief medical officer who are really engaged and can help me coordinate with HR and pull any documents I need. But after having the opportunity to communicate with other colleagues around the country, some of them are really just, you know, a one-woman show or a one-man show. So, when you're the one running the whole thing, I can imagine why they might delay, you know, getting accredited. It's not hard work if you have a clear path, but when it's just you, anything seems like hard work. 
That's a good point. And you brought up a really important point in the new update in talking about where you get your support. You mentioned support of your medical director and a team around you. And that is one of the emphasis um, in the standard one for the new standards is really focusing more on support from leadership in your organization. So I love to hear that. Now, let's talk a little bit about something else. Now, if you could put something from the 2022 national standards on a billboard, like everybody should know this, what would it be? Oh, man. For the quality coordinators or future quality coordinators, yeah. I would just say it's simplified now or only six standards now, you know, something to convey that whatever they might have heard from yesteryear from colleagues, that it's so much more simplified. Language is very clear. The steps are just clarified where you literally just tick the boxes. I think before it might have been more fluffy, more nebulous, or it might not have been sure what to do if you weren't experienced. But now, even the inexperienced, I really think, you know, everything's just really clear cut. Good. Yeah, I remember when I started trying to meet all of those 10 standards and just 10 standards with all the different documents you had to submit. And some of it wasn't really clear, like, what are you asking for? And we see that from our applicants. Depending on the site you have, some of those documents might not have even been relevant to you. You know, there's clinical locations, hospital locations, retail locations. Not everybody has the same kind of corporate structure. Exactly. And the focus of DSMES is really should be everywhere because we need to meet people wherever they are. So I think that's great. And then in reading this version, it was really aimed to clarify, and you've touched on this, it's been aimed to clarify, streamline, and simplify the guidelines for implementing diabetes education. Is there anything you wish you knew or was in place when you began with your program that might have saved you a lot of time or resources? Uh, Yeah, I think understanding that the team didn't all have to be certified or licensed individuals. I think we went a long time up until recently being extra picky and really trying to get individuals that ticked all these boxes that we now know they don't necessarily need to have. So I think, yeah, I didn't really understand if the whole team had to be certified or not or licensed in a particular area or not. And now that's very clear. Uh, Also with data management, I didn't really know if I needed Excel sheets and all these extra data to keep on hand. And now it's just, you know, 5D identified charts and other just overviews of how you do the data without necessarily having to show every single patient on the roster and how their metrics are. So, Yeah. And I think my favorite part of the 2022 standards is some of the clarity around the curriculum and delivery of DSMES. I think Many of us who provide DSMS, or I have in the past, and you're doing it now, sometimes we can get distracted by all the details of feeling like I have to cover all these topics. And I wonder if you kind of found the same thing or something similar in terms of understanding that that curriculum really is a guide for the team, not necessarily a script for DSMS, that you really can customize it and really bring your own style And really listen to the person and answer their questions without feeling like I have to cover 8 million different things. Yeah, absolutely. I think not every patient needs everything, you know, on the list of seven items. Some patients are, you know, gestational and they just need guidance to help them through a couple more months. Whereas others are just type one and they need more injection guidance and just device use like glucometers or continuous monitoring devices. And others are type two where they're just literally know nothing and we need to start from square one. And maybe for them, we would have to do every single one of those seven pieces. 
So I think knowing that we can cut and paste the curriculum to customize it to that person and not feel like we have to cover a topic just because it's on the list. I think that's really important to understand, not just for the quality coordinator, but just for the team, the individual educators. Feel free to customize your encounter with that patient, however you see fit and whatever their data is telling you that they need. Nice. You had mentioned before, and I don't know if we covered it, but you had mentioned how you felt like the standards, even though they're simpler and there's less, I know sometimes people look at it and say, did they just cram 10 standards into six? Or have we taken away things that add quality? Can you just add a little bit of your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think the portions that were removed were really, and hopefully this is not a ding to anybody, but just like the excess fat, the parts that weren't really contributing to quality anyway, they were like, this one document about this or this one document about that. And sometimes those documents are hard to get if you don't have a good relationship with your leadership or your stakeholders. Or let's say you have a team that consists of fellows who are, you know, cycling in and out or interns who are cycling in and out and you don't have a fixed team uh, structure. I think we really drilled it down. And I say we, cause I feel like I have some ownership in it. Cause just, I contributed some edits, but you know, it was really drilled down to just be, here are the portions that will help you build a quality program and anything in excess of this is just for you or just for more information. But even though the standards are less, it's still demanding quality care to maintain your accreditation. That's good to hear. Yeah, I do agree. I think the 10 standards before were very good. You know, they were very good. But at the same time, I always want to encourage programs who had been really working to meet all 10 standards, seeing that those things may be beneficial. There's things that might have been peeled away that you could still do that may still benefit your program. But are they the key to a quality program? Maybe not. Maybe you could have a quality program and build those things in later. So it's not that they were necessary. It's just that perhaps you don't have a program where it's relevant to you. And now you don't have to stress about trying to bend to do it anyway. Exactly. And I feel like a lot of our quality coordinators are often overachievers. And so I think giving folks a little bit of license to say, really what I'm here to do is talk to the person in front of me and help them and figure out where can I help them better manage their diabetes. And I hope that anyone listening really takes that to heart to say, Let's get away from checking the boxes so much. You've got to meet the standards, but if you're meeting people where they are and answering the questions they need and supporting them, you're providing quality DSMES. Yeah. I think the team's intentions are really important to try to help them foster what they think is best. But, you know, everyone's interested in maintaining accreditation. That's how you validate your program and get funding. And so if it was 20 boxes to tick, we would have accepted 20 standards. You know, we're glad it's six now, but yeah. I think you kind of have to be an overachiever to be in this position. It's not really always paid for. There's not really always rationale for explaining what you're doing as an adjunct to medical team. But that spirit of, okay, what do I need? I think all quality coordinators can just agree to that. And Julie, you definitely exemplify that passion. So thank you so much for joining Mm -hmm. us and sharing your perspectives. For more information about applying for accreditation with DAP, please email DAP, D-E-A-P, at adces.org today. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Huddle, Conversations with the Diabetes Care Team. As you just heard, there are some great new updates to the national standards for you to uncover. Make sure to get the latest version of the standards now available in the February issue of the Science of Diabetes Self-Management and Care. 
A direct link to the paper is also available in the show notes for this episode or at diabeteseducator.org forward slash podcast. The information in this podcast is for informational purposes only and may not be appropriate or applicable for your individual circumstances. Podcast does not provide medical or professional advice and is not a substitute for consultation with a healthcare professional. Please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions.